Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's right. It is the big show. It is a Tuesday, 2.01, nearing 2.02 in the afternoon on Election Tuesday, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson at Del Casa, what is it? Casa Del Monson. Austin Horton here at uh, Casa Del Vivint Smart Home Arena. And uh, Jake Scott is doing other things today that are far more important. But we'll have some fun at his expense. Anyhow, we're brought to each and every day brought by Mountain America Credit Union. They are the title sponsor of the big show. Gordon, it is Taco Tuesday. When's the last time you celebrated Taco Tuesday specifically? Uh, I think last week we had tacos really? on Taco Tuesday, although homemade, but good. Really well, good. homemade's better than most. Uh, most. I mean, you are the person that rolled up to Taco Bell one time and asked for the chef's recommendation. So it's not exactly how I did it, but uh, I, yes, it is exactly I, how you did it. It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> I know I embellish a lot, but that one was actually not uh, too much embellished. Yeah, that was uh, every time I go by that Taco Bell, everyone reminds me that I did that. However, I don't roll by that Taco Bell that often since it was in Hawaii. Oh, geez. So, but anyway, I, fond memories. Well, uh, Bowler Jack, Craig Bowler Jack will be in to talk with us uh, from 3 o'clock on today for the remainder of the show. Beyond that, excited to have Bowler in studio. And, and really, Gordon, this is the first time we'll talk to Bowler since the Jazz and Orlando schedule and plans was nailed down last week on Friday. And I think Bowler's even getting a little more solidified in what his role is going to be. So I'm looking forward to his news with us that in that regard. Yeah, I mean, Bowler is pumped. I mean, he 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 wants to get on with the basketball, and I, I understand it. I get it. I get it completely. We're all looking for forward to uh, seeing some some guys play at at the top level. Quite frankly, I probably would watch a junior jazz game at this point. <laughs> but hey, have you ever watched well, a junior jazz game? They are entirely, incredibly entertaining. My, my one of my daughters played junior jazz with the with, with the guys, and uh, that was that was a long time ago. What my, age was she at that time? Oh man, that beats me. Was it itty bitty junior jazz, or was it uh, what? What category does a ten year old fit into? No, that's that's full. That's full. It might have been. It might have been eight. It might have been about eight. I love I the, the four and five year old itty bitty junior jazz leagues. Those are my favorite. There's you no mean, rules. There, there's no. There's nothing. <laughs> 
It's just it's just a massive five-year-old humanity running around the basketball while two of them pick their nose in the corner. The other <laughs> cries that he wants to go home, and the referee is screaming Netflix because he's but, got nothing better to do. I love Itty Bitty Junior Jazz. But the kids love that stuff. Yes. They love to get out and play. What the heck? Nobody is breathing down their neck trying to get them to do everything just so. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah. I saw one of my grandsons play. This last winter uh, in, a, in, in one of those games. and it's, it's funny how even at a very young age, you can see one or two people, kids that stand out. You know, they just seem to be ahead of the other kids. Now, those <laughs> kids don't, aren't the ones that are always going to be great stars later on. In fact, that whole idea of a, of a trajectory on, on, uh, on uh, playing any sport is really a cool thing to think about. I, it reminds me of Mike Schmidt was on the same high school team as, who was it? It was a catcher for the Dodgers. Was it Steve Yeager? I, I, I can't remember who it was. Well, I think it was Yeager. Not, Not Mike Sosa? No. Okay. And, uh, but, but, uh, but Schmidt was an afterthought, you know? I mm. mean, he, he was, but then later on, we know how that turned out. Greatest third baseman in the history of the game. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Who do you put ahead of him? Uh, Cal Ripken played both positions better than Mike Schmidt played one position. This is so true. Besides Schmidt, how many home runs? That's not. What does that have to do with playing third base? Well, I mean, that's playing batter. He's the greatest third baseman to ever play, including all aspects of what he did. No, but he's not the purest third baseman. Oh, here we go. All right. (laughs) Pound for pound. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, He was terrific. He was phenomenal. And I I missed a lot of his career in live play because I was just a little youngie. But I've seen a bunch of highlights, and the stats speak for themselves. Yeah, Schmitty also led the league in false humility every year, too. So he had that going for him. Well, well, uh, speaking of leading the league in false humility, or humility, rather, not humidity, uh, it's Gordon Monson there. uh, And uh, I'm Austin Horton, the lowly producer of the the big show. But we've got uh, an action-packed show for you today. We mentioned Bowler will be in at 3 o'clock. Matt Harpering will join the show live from Hotlanta coming up at four o'clock and we're angling for a sports psychologist at five o'clock we'll see if that comes through or not but as we previously mentioned gordon no jake scott today and based on how 5 30 and 5 50 segments went yesterday i think uh, some uh, re- revenge is on the menu this afternoon what say you revenge radio yeah now, now what does it say about you and I and our relationship that if you missed it yesterday, we had to move studios for a couple segments. And because of that, I could only hear Jake. I could not hear Gordon. When I went back and listened to it later, what it turned out was Gordon was highly complimentary of me and my performance, albeit sarcastically, but I'll tell you. No, take it was no sarcasm <laughs> at all. And Jake was saying, was responding in a way that made me believe that Gordon was, you know, uh, downgrading me and my performance. And what does it say about our relationship, Gordon, that I automatically just thought that that was absolutely what was taking place, that you were just running me down the whole time? Well, I thought you'd be suspicious the other way because Jake <laughs> was laying it on so thick that those are things that I, I mean, I tease you every once in a while, but there's no way I would say things the way he was reacting, you know, uh, to them. So uh, here I was saying what a good job you did. And Jake was essentially saying, oh, 
oh, don't talk that way about Austin. Right. So it turns out either you were being sarcastic and Jake was standing up for me, or you were being sincere and Jake was taking shots at me. And I I, I tend to believe the latter right now because he's not here. Yeah, he, to defend he was himself. definitely he was because if you go back and listen to what I was saying, you can the, the sincerity just oozes out of every word. And so, what I would like uh, to do, I would like some help from our listeners today. You can uh, send in a, a suggestion on the open mic feature on the Zone Sports Network app. You can find us on Twitter at Gordon Monson at Austin Horton. You can throw in Bowler in there since he'll be in at three at Buckle Up Bowler. We need one word. Preferably a word we can read on air. <laughs> one word to describe your feelings for Jake Scott. One word. Or one word to describe Jake Scott and his personality. And keep in mind, this is Revenge Radio at Austin Horton at Gordon Monson. Yeah, and, and, and to give you the, the tone of how this is, might go, uh, Austin gave me a sample word before we started <laughs> and a compound word, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yes, we we couldn't decide if it was one word or hyphenated. Yeah. But if you uh, but if you have uh, have a one word description of Jake, and then uh, do you want to make that his nickname from here on out? So uh, it's good enough. Is, yeah, this is his- historic today. <laughs> Come up with a one word that describes Jake, and we will call him that on the air all for the rest of his life. <laughs> if it's good enough, that would be phenomenal if we yeah. could do that today. Right here today. Change his entire life, not just the show today. <laughs> I love the idea. He's got no say-so in the matter. Well, no, that's you don't. beauty. If you have a say-so in your nickname, it's not really a nickname. Yeah, that's, that's the rule. Yeah. All right, well, we have a lot to talk about. There's some NBA news, some NFL news, some college football messes that we got to talk about and later in the show i gotta ask you gordon about the great chicken caper of 2020 <laughs> and you being the resident chicken expert on the zone sports network i don't know who else is better to ask well there's no one else on our show today who had pet chickens as a kid. <laughs> that's really something to be proud of all right uh let's get to the split story of the day Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You know, in this case, these two things intersect. And that intersection of you know the platform, the voice, um, the passion that the players and the coaches, and I think with support of the league, have with respect to many of the social issues we're seeing that basketball um, can become an accelerant for those things. It can be something that um, that continues to keep this conversation and going and, and frames it in ways that, that can be productive. So um, I, I think there's a synergy between, between the two, and I think our players feel that. Um, I don't think um, that there's a distraction as much as there is an opportunity. Quinn Snyder, their head coach of the Jazz. It's the split story of the day brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com and I can personally testify it works. Both my wife and I use those. It's phenomenal. Gordon, your thoughts on uh, what Quinn had to say there. Quinn brings up some really important issues here as it pertains to the Jazz and as it pertains to the entire league. 
coming, or at least the 22 teams coming back to Orlando to play. It's namely this, the mental and the physical. We know about the physical. Well, we sort of know about the physical. There's a bit of mystery surrounding that as well, now that some of these players haven't exactly been in basketball form over the past four months. So, But the, uh, that's something that will will be relatively obvious to us as we watch these games unfold. But well, the more fascinating part to me is the, the, the mental side. What's going to happen with the Jazz when they get back together, when they have uh, – are they vulnerable to stress? Because if they are, then they're going to have more stress in Orlando in some ways. Players have a lot on their minds. They're away from home. They're away from their normal support system. They're worried about a worldwide pandemic. They're worried about social issues. And then on top of all that, there's the competition involved in top-level basketball. No fans there to pump them up. How they how will they react to all that? Can they focus the way they normally do? Uh, in my opinion, every team should have a mental health expert with him on their in their 34. I think it's 34 person party that each team can have. It's so important. The mental side so very significant. It's it's not a matter of routine or superstition. So often in sports, we hear about guys, I can't play. Remember that pitcher for the Cubs that used to brush his teeth between innings uh, as, a, as a means for getting himself ready? The superstition in sports, uh, guys wearing their lucky socks or wearing their lucky shirt or whatever, their lucky shoes. That's really not what this is about. It's about it's a matter of mental preparation. So, Austin, my question to you and to our listeners for everyone to think about here is, how do you think that's going to go? Do you think they're going to go back to that uh, permeable bubble down there in Orlando and be able to pick right up where they left off when the stoppage happened? Or do you think it's going to be evident in some of these players that they are either troubled or stressed or carrying a heavy burden or pressurized in some way that is getting in the way of them functioning the way they normally do? It's an interesting question, uh, and it's a, I'll, I'll address it and give you my answer. I've long been fascinated uh, by the extreme focus that a professional athlete has to have to succeed. It's one of those uh, aspects of a sport that the that we, the general public, typically overlook because we can go down to our, our local church house or our local gym and play some hoop. We, can, we know how to shoot the ball. We know how to dribble the ball. We know how to pass. We know what a foul is. We know the rules. We know we've done this our, our entire lives, most of us. We've played basketball, for one example, since, as we were talking about before we started the split story, since itty-bitty years in junior jazz. But one thing that we don't have that those professional sport uh, athletes have, other than top peak performance bodies and means to get there, is the extreme ability to focus regardless of what is happening around you in that moment, around you in your life in general. If you had a good game, if you had a good quarter or not, it doesn't matter to the top elite athletes. They're able to keep that focus. And that mental side of sports, Gordon, I think is what delineates between greatness and good. Uh, And that's what makes a champion or a runner up in a lot of a lot of times. And especially in this, what we hope to be a one time unique circumstance and scenario down there in Orlando, where we had this three month. It'll be close to four months, I think, once they get going again, layoff in the middle of the four. You're right. It'll be closer to five. 
Uh, it'll be on that other side of four months when they get going. And to have that layoff, how do you bounce back? How do you just pick up right where you were? Or in the case of the Jazz specifically, can they, uh, you know, uh, exorcise the demons of of the roller coaster that they were on this season where they would win five, lose four, win four, lose five, win 10, lose six, or whatever it was. Uh That focus, that mental side of this, I think, is what will determine who wins the NBA asterisk title in Orlando. And I think the Jazz have an edge in one regard in that that, uh, scenario. And I think they have some things that aren't in their favor, but I'll have you react to what I think is in their favor, and that is Quinn Snyder. And his ability to lead. And I think we saw that on full display March 11th in Oklahoma City. Well, that's what everyone who was on hand says. Those of us who know Quinn, we that's what we would expect from him. Uh, but but many people, Bowler, one of them, uh, witnessed it firsthand in that particular instance where his leadership really came through. And you heard him talk there about the opportunity that this is uh, that the basketball with all this other stuff coming together is an opportunity. It can be an opportunity, but will the players be in the frame of mind to make it so? I've always wondered, Austin, about why some players can show up in the big moments like you were talking about, and some players, eh, it's a lot more iffy. That's one of the reasons. Think of think of athletes in any sport that fit that category. Two come to my mind immediately, and I don't think they were necessarily the most physically gifted players in the world, but, man, were they on it when they needed to be. One is Joe Montana, not exactly a physical specimen at quarterback, and the other to me is Derek Jeter. Would you agree? Uh, to be able to focus? Yeah. In the, in, in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, those guys, they had it between the years. They could make it happen you have to say that about Michael Jordan that's one of the things that was so unfair about him is he was the most gifted physically and the most gifted the most focused mentally and that's why he was the greatest player I've ever seen but can these players do this under these really surreal this strange circumstances in Orlando I don't know I've talked to a lot of sports psychologists through the years asking them why it is that players with equal physical ability don't perform equally and it it comes down to the brain it comes down and it, one physiologist explained to me how the the charges of energy go down through the the body the central nervous system into the synapses and when I, by the time i was done listening to him <laughs> i I went out and tried to play basketball that night, and I couldn't even think. I, I couldn't do anything. I was so screwed up. Couldn't breathe and run at the same time. Yeah. No, it was just uh, it was odd, but it's it's so true. And it's all these guys are physical specimens that are at the NBA level. They all are. There might be an occasional exception. I mean, uh, Billy the Whopper Paltz wasn't exactly a physical specimen, but uh, he he's a he hero, a... and you take some respect. <laughs> With that uh, tone, next time you speak of Isn't Billy, is he the one that Akeem Olajuwon popped with the elbow? And sure, the the but he was there looking like that, and I'm not there looking like that. So he's a Billy, hero. <laughs> Billy Paltz looked like the Jolly Green Giant to me. I, you, I don't know with that haircut. And that, you are but, so image uh, driven. It's it's no, gross. Anyway, he was, he was sexy. Uh, <laughs> obviously, he was there and playing. 
but I wonder who on the Jazz do you think is the most mentally tough? Who who on the Jazz do you think will be able to handle this circumstance better than than others? Is there and there's no way really no one we're just guessing here, but what say you? Golf. You could take uh, every individual and break it down if you'd like. You, you've seen uh, Rudy Gobert for years. His mental toughness uh, on display through various scenarios. The first thing that jumps out to me, though, would be Joe Ingles. Um, Joe and what he and his family deal with in real life every day with their son Jacob and and the grace and uh, uh, good fortune in which they handle that and what they do for others in similar circumstance. I think that playing mentally on your mind all the time should have a bigger impact on your performance. And Joe did not have an amazing time playing basketball while that was being diagnosed for his son Jacob, but he still did it. He still went out there, still played a role, still held his leadership on the team. So Joe Ingles... And then he gets in there every game and mixes it up with usually the other team's best player. And he's just Joe Ingles. He looks like, as people say, a math teacher or a bus driver or the mail carrier. And he's out there talking trash with LeBron and Paul George and Chris Paul and on and on and on. That takes some mental toughness right there. Uh, he didn't but, really. He didn't have a great series against Houston last year in the playoffs. Who did? So, you know, some of that was physical. But uh, some of it uh, mental. Uh, everyone, it's, every athlete is going to have some periods where they don't uh, play up to their norm. But it, it's it's to me, this is one of the question marks with the Jazz because when I ask that question, there isn't a slam dunk answer. Mm. Not not in my mind. I mean, Rudy Gobert, he's a proud man who uh, is driven, but is he a clutch player? Can you say that definitively? I, I, I'm not sure. And you is think Don, is clutch Mitchell, player and mental, mentally tough, they're the same? Yes, okay. I think they are in a lot of ways. Now, I don't know that for a fact. All these extraneous things going on in this particular case where someone might have be carrying a heavy burden off the court, but uh, I, I, it seems like those two things do go hand in hand because everyone's all uh, – I mean, most people have something all the time, something on their mind. Mm. That could distract them. And like Quinn said in that sound we heard before we came on here, it is they can be distractions, but they they might not they don't have to be. And I'm not sure who is Donovan Mitchell, does he fit into that category? Do we know that for a fact? I I, I don't know if we that, that has that been completely proven mm-hmm. to us, or is he still in that deven- developmental stage where he has that to display? Uh, I, I think that's where he's at in, in the way I look at him. But who else on the team? Where are is Mike Conley? You would think Mike Conley would be there, but we saw the difficulties he had earlier in the season getting acclimated. So I, I, I don't know. I do think that the organization that the Jazz have and the leadership at the top does trickle down and that that is an advantage collectively. But I don't know about individual stars who is going to be best suited mentally to take on the challenge. I remember Austin having a conversation with a guy named Bill Parham. He's a sports psychologist, a professor at UCLA, and he worked with uh, Olympians. He worked with some professional teams. I, I haven't kept in touch with him 
but he he used to stress the importance of this the whole idea of what we what we've all since heard a thousand times athletes staying in the present staying right where they are not worrying about what just happened not worried about what's going to happen if such and such happens right now but focusing solely on what they've been trained to do i talked to a guy who taught fighter pilots you know uh, a professor at USC, and he that's what he stressed with fighter pilots. Stay in the moment. Do what you've trained to do a zillion times. And when you come under fire, and I talked to one of these fighter pilots who is fly, fly, flying one of the missions over, I don't know where, Iraq or something, and he talk, he came under fire, and he said it could have been a very dangerous situation, but he was able to focus his mind you know, not on, oh, my gosh, I could die in this circumstance. But, no, this is what I do. This is what I've trained to do. So we're, I'm not comparing war with, with basketball, but I kind of am from a standpoint of f- uh, harnessing what, you, what you're capable of doing and making it happen in that particular moment. And that's, that's part of what the Jazz's challenge is here, in my opinion. Yeah, and later we sh- we should list the different distractions, as some would call it, or as Quinn said, it doesn't have to be a distraction, but those things that pose the opportunity to distract down there in the Orlando situation from the pandemic to social injustices and beyond, injustices and beyond, we should list those and, and weigh out which we think could be a bigger uh, draw from the, the, the mind of a basketball player. Coming up next, though, we've got a little bit of breaking news on the NBA front that doesn't seem to be entirely great news for those who are highly anticipating this NBA return down there in Orlando. It is a total request Tuesday as well, so you can hop on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson. Uh, We're looking for revenge-styled songs, and that's because we're also looking for a nickname for Jake Scott. One word to describe Jake Scott since he's not here today, having a little fun at his expense. How about, Craig, yeah, go ahead. How about, how about persnickety? That's a very good word for persnickety, it, it's, Scott. It, yes, it, it's <laughs> it's related to fussy, fussy, but fussy, Scott. <laughs> Persnickety Scott, Fussy Scott. Uh, we've got one suggestion here: uh, Curmudgeon Scott ah, from uh, from oh. Jim Curmudgeon, uh, Ellen from Jeff. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, we'll get to those and more. Bowler and Harpering coming up later in the show. This is ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. NBA news in regards to the coronavirus pandemic. DeAndre Jordan announced last night that he's tested positive for the coronavirus and will bow out of the Orlando scenario. The Denver Nuggets have had two of their 35-member traveling party test positive for coronavirus and as a result have closed down their facility. Uh, Adam Silver made a comment just a a little bit of about 30 minutes ago to uh, some reporters about uh, whether or not the NBA is on track to continue their plans in Orlando. We'll tell you about that breaking news on the other side. And Damian Lillard becomes the first Weber State Wildcat on the cover of a video game for NBA 2K21 since Damian Lillard 
became the first Weber State Wildcat on the cover of any video game in 2015 for NBA Live. Zions Bank Basketball Update brought to you by Zions Bank. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served... 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Austin Horton in for Jake Scott this hour. Craig Bullerjack coming up from 3 to 6. Gordon Monson, as always, here on The Zone. Band of the Day brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Visit uh, LiveNationConcerts.com to buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight. Revenge songs. Jeff on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson for your nominations. Jeff comes in with courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue for a revenge song. Gordon, do you like this song? Uh... I... I I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What's the... Why don't... It sounds like you don't like it. Well, revenge is such a strong word, you know? It's such a delicious Uh, word. (laughs) It's my favorite word. Oh, just... (laughs) Just saying it, revenge. Really? I oh, mean, yeah. It, it kind of gives me the creeps. Why? Because I mean, you might be someone I want revenge against, or? <laughs> no, see, I've been all, I've always been until I turn the other cheek. Mm. Right? How's that worked out? <laughs> Fabulously. The other cheek is then hurt and swollen, too. <laughs> Look, I like the Bible as much as the next guy. <laughs> but maybe there was some lost in translation going on with that one. I don't know. Yeah, if you'd been, uh, if Austin had been present, sitting there, had a nice front seat, front row seat, that Sermon on the Mount, you would have gone, ah, come on, give us some revenge. Uh, yeah, well, the Old Testament God is all about revenge. Something changed somewhere along the line. All right, uh, we'll stop there. But I'm looking for revenge because Jake Scott got me good yesterday, and he's not here today. So give us your revenge songs. Gordon, a lot of people, myself and yourself included, want revenge on the coronavirus. And now breaking news, uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, said on Time 100 Talks. Now, I don't know if this is... A radio show, a TV show, both, I'm not sure. But this from Om Youngmazook of ESPN.com. He said, during an appearance on Time 100 Talk, Silver was asked if there's any chance the NBA doesn't go to Orlando as planned due to the surge in corona cases, coronavirus cases, or if it is full steam ahead to resume play at the end of July. His answer was, quote, never full steam ahead no matter what. One thing we are learning about this virus is it's unpredictable. And we and our players together with their union look at the data on a daily basis. If there were something to change that was outside of the scope of what we are playing for, certainly we would revisit our plans. We are testing daily. We haven't put a precise number on it, but if we were to see a large number of cases and see spread in our community, that would, of course, be a cause to stop as well. When asked what constitutes a significant spread, Silver said he isn't sure. Quote, we are going to see as we go. Close quote. See, Reaction. That's the, that's the question everybody has. What is a significant number? Hmm. Is it is it two? Is it three? Is it five? 
Well, for the and, Nuggets, it was two. They've closed their facility after two yeah. traveling parties uh, were, were came down with COVID. But they have not been in a, in <laughs> they have not been in a protective bubble, if that's what you want to call it. Even though we know know that that uh, that bubble will have holes in it. But um, yeah, I I don't know what that number is. Uh, maybe maybe Adam Silver doesn't know what the number is. He says he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he must have some idea in his mind. If 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 I'm planning for a major event, you have got to have ideas about, okay, what are the possibilities here? What are the probabilities? But what are the possibilities that we might have to deal with? You've got to go through those scenarios, I think, in a specific manner. But I don't know. This has been – this has affected – Certainly, affect gone on affecting the league uh, during this period of time. So when everybody gathers in in Orlando, how will that go? You know, we were sort of talking yesterday, and I want to say joking, but not really, about whether NBA players will facilitate uh, breaches in the bubble by bringing people in for whatever reason or sneaking out for whatever they want to do. And it, it, when you when you consider those kinds of possibilities, now, now you wonder, now how much different is it than being at home? I, you know, I mean, I don't know what these guys are going to be doing. I, I don't know how conscientious they're going to be. I don't know how conscientious they've already been. Uh, but but anyway, these are these are all things that are going to come into play. If they do follow the rules, I, I'm fairly fairly uh, confident that they they'll be able to to uh, play on. If they don't, all bets are off, Austin. So you're so the other quote, and you would agree with uh, Commissioner Silver's sentiment here, as he says, "quote I am absolutely convinced that it will be safer on this campus than off this campus because." There aren't many situations that I am aware of where there is mass testing of asymptomatic employees. Yes. In some ways, this is maybe a model for how other industries can ultimately open, he says. Yeah, except for how are you going to limit it that way? Yeah. Uh, are you going? Okay, so you got the testing component, but this testing is not cheap. Didn't I read somewhere where it's between fifty and one hundred and twenty-five bucks per test, or something like that? Yeah, and that's you know the the more invasive the the nasal swab, which is the one that uh, most experts say that's your best bet on missing. It only has about a ten percent false positive or false negative uh, fail. That one is the most expensive. The MBA, the one they've opted for, is not that type of test. But I don't know how inexpensive it w- it is compared to those tests but even if it is they 50 per test think 300 what 302 players alone tested every day and then you've got the the coaches the trainers the media the 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 equipment managers on and on and on and on the nba officials they've all got to be tested you're right this is a pretty penny and if you if you don't do it right why do it at all maybe maybe some businesses gener- generate enough income that they can afford to do that and it's worth it for them to invest that because then those people theoretically at least can be more productive so that uh, the economy doesn't uh, slow to a crawl Uh, i don't know it's probably different from business to business but the nba has some money so so they they can do it when you hear commissioner silver say this uh, this confession of sorts does it change your level of confidence that this is actually going to happen, or is it about the same? 
I think it's going I, I, I believe it will happen. They'll be able to, to do this. But if that's only – everyone needs to be tested before they get into this, this uh, situation. And once they're there, if they comply, then I think they're going to be all right. But if they don't, who knows what's going to happen. And that's, uh, that's a variable beyond anybody's ability to really make a, a solid guess. Uh, I mean, I think they will. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, who knows. Yeah. My, my confidence that it, they're going to do it as planned, it will begin July. What was it? July 31st that it, this thing's supposed to start or July yeah, 30th. 30th something around there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that that will take place. But what gives me a sense of pause is also what Commissioner Silver admitted to that when they made these plans, there was not this rampant crazy like wildfire uptick in positive cases around the country we just had another 500 today in the state of utah and four more deaths reported today in the state of utah and you know uh and dr dunn said if we weren't averaging 200 or less a day by tomorrow that we would be facing another shutdown that that those things get do give me pause gordon that though i think it will start on time and how they were expecting it to start i don't know how long it will last if they all come to the bubble, so to speak, so as it's so-called, and half the teams are testing positive. You can't continue like that, can you? No. I would, when are they going to start the, uh, the testing uh, on a regular basis? Do we know that? Uh, once they are in Orlando, which I believe about, is next week. Are they doing no? it before they get there? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I know for sure that uh, it, the, it's all built around Orlando. And that's when teams can actually get fully together again, and that's when the daily testing will take place. I I, 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 also, I, did, I do believe that when players go to the facility at Zion's Big Basketball Campus, they are being tested when they wow. get there. Uh, but, you know, that's not an immediate result test either. Yes, and they're still not not uh, in a centralized location where they're where they are, in theory, at least kept away from others who haven't tested negative. And then, like so, you said, that theory being tested by people's level of obedience to the rules in right, place. Right. They, they can always find a way to, to break those rules, but will, will they? I That's something that we have to hope they don't, and they're as careful as possible because there's a lot at stake here as far as not not – not talking about health concerns as far as lives go, although that's always out there. But uh, as far as being able to get this thing done, and we know the the millions and billions of dollars at stake here. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, one thing I do know is that the NBA, even though they're having this in Florida, where Florida is a hotbed of these outbreaks right now, uh, it's more it is more contained. It's a much more contained circumstance than, say, uh, college football or the NFL, stuff like that. I mean, college football, to me, is, is, is a mess. They don't have any standardized way of testing. We talked about it the other day. Th- what, 37 athletes in Clemson's football program right. tested positive? I mean, if that If that sort of thing is going on, then I don't know how that's going to work. And how are they going to go about their testing? It is costly. It's expensive. Uh, but it needs to be organized. By the way, did you see that the Ivy League is discussing postponing their football season now until the spring? Yeah, I, I saw that and thought, oh, the Ivy League has a football league? Hmm. News. 
Sorry, just a little yeah, joke there. They, right. they do. Those smart guys. <laughs> I thought they were more into crew and uh, and such things as <laughs> field hockey and polo, as it were, rather than the brute sports of football. But who's who, when I tell you when I say you know, great football players from the Ivy League, who comes to mind? Fitzmagic, and that's where the list ends and begins. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Didn't uh, didn't Ed Marinaro? Uh, wasn't he a running back at Cornell or something? And I don't know, but I love his that, sauce. That, am I That's getting the name nothing right? better on spaghetti than Marinero. Uh, he went on to be an actor. Wasn't he on Hill Street Blues or something? <laughs> I'm 35. Yeah. Hill Street Blues, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that was, that was a show. I don't know. <laughs> that was good back in the day. <laughs> I like that show. All right. We'll have more on the Ivy League and really the college <laughs> football mess as a whole. Uh, Bowler Jack will be in at three. Well, that'll be a big-time discussion to get uh, well also get bowler's response to the mental versus physical uh obstacles there in orlando for teams like the jazz uh we've got matt harper in at four and confirmed riley jensen sports psychologist at five o'clock with uh bowler and gordon coming up at five want to remind you about action plumbing heating and electrical spring into action mention this ad and receive 33 dollars off any service Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Action Plumbing. More next here on The Big Show. Fourth of July weekend will be busy on the road, and ARUP wants to be ahead of the game. Hanson Scotty will be there on Thursday, broadcasting live from 10 to 2 in Sandy. They're open from 10 to 7. We'd love to see you. Visit utahblood.org for all the details. Gordon, this is the Hill Street Blues theme song. Why? Oh, it brings back fond memories from earlier in my life. So let, let me ask you this. Uh, this is a hard-hitting cop drama show. Yes. And yet here's this light, lovey-dovey piano concerto as the theme song. That doesn't really match. Well, it's because it was more than just about uh, the uh, the drama of the, you know, the whole cop drama. It was about life. Ah, it's kind of like ER, as it were. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was a good show. At least that's mm. my memory of it. It's a long time ago. Well, you know what else has been a good show this week on Instagram is Jay Cutler and his <laughs> the fantastic Mr. Fox adventures that he's been enjoying. Jay Cutler yeah. uh, has a quite palatial, in fact, it's called the Pollo Palace, this chicken coop, if you can call it that. It's a, it's a barn that he admits is bigger and nicer than his dorm room was in college. And looking at it, it looks nicer and bigger than my home that I live in. But he's had a, a rampant run uh, every morning. He goes out and he finds for, you know, to, to keep it uh, kid-friendly, feathers around the yard and not as many chickens in the coop as were when he went to bed the night previous. And so, Gordon, he's gone through these elaborate uh, schemes of traps and cameras and night vision goggles and decoys and trying to, A, figure out what is doing this to his chickens and, B, trying to catch it. It did catch, finally caught a glimpse of something that appeared to look somewhat like either a cat or a raccoon. 
But it's so that this animal is the most intelligent uh, predatorial predatory predator, I should say, in the world because it knows which angles to slink around so that it misses the cameras. And it's still getting away with the chickens. And I thought since you are the resident chicken raising advisor expert here on, on the show, what would be your recommendation to Mr. Jay Cutler on how to stem back the tides of dead chickens? Well, first, uh, first thing is uh, you, you got to take care of your chickens. Uh, this is uh, not to be laughed at. This is serious. Uh, I did own uh, two chickens, not concurrently, but uh, I did take care of my chickens, and I made sure that there was no, uh, you know, threat to them. And it seems to me like uh, like uh, he has some some security lapses now he may have the cameras but why not build the chicken coop so that uh said predator can't get in there yeah well it is he says it's like fort knox for chickens he's got it on lockdown obviously not because (laughs) the cat's getting in there oh you think it's a cat well and that's the other thing says a lot about you get get some cat repellent uh, uh spray that all around what is or, do, uh, do, do tell where and what is cat repellent i don't know but i dog it up and there is a device that supposedly <laughs> discourages cats from entering an area huh i don't know if it's a raccoon I think, is, is it a device that goes Shh, get out of here cat <laughs> <laughs> well l- let me give you an example let's see here um Top picks for cat repellent, <laughs> pet mastermind cat spray. Oh, you got uh, yeah, you got uh, nature's mace cat repellent. No, you get that at Walmart. Come on, for a Syst- kitty cat. S- systemic animal repellent of what all kinds. You know, you? Cover sticky paws, furniture strips. Snowball uh, is not uh, does not deserve mace. If he's killing the chickens, you got to do something about that. I mean, if I had had no, this is now. Now you got. Now I'm going to get emotional. Now I killed a kitty because you know I should have been more responsible. Mm. I should have been able to keep uh, Huey's big dumb Huey's dog away from my chicken. Uh, if I'd had some dog repellent in that moment, I would have squirted uh, Huey's dog down. Because once he got his teeth into my chicken, there was nothing but blood and feathers everywhere. Oh, jeez. Uh, let me gather myself here. Gordon. Yeah. So, yeah, you may uh, not be the best to ask, how do you keep chickens safe? You were 50-50. You were one for two. <laughs> and that sounds good until you realize that's all you had was two and one of them didn't make it. I'm not kidding you. I couldn't eat baked or fried chicken for a year. Oh, just a year, but then you were right back on it. Hmm. That smells like someone else's chicken. I think I'll try a bite. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I th- he's got a security breach, and he should be able to find a way. Because, you know, look, I took my chicken out for a walk. And I did that Not a, normal. A, a couple times a week, uh, and the chicken loved it. You know? And, and, that, and it's, wing, it couldn't, it's not like it fly away from me, but I used to just herd it around the block and so he was he was at risk was it like on a uh, leash uh sometimes i had a leash and sometimes i just let it cluck around 
but uh, <laughs> when, but but okay, so you're you're at risk when you're out and about, but in your home, in the in the chickens' home, it should be completely secure. So Jay Cutler needs needs to figure that out. Put yeah. bars in the windows or grease the outside <laughs> of the chicken. I don't know. This is not the rock. <laughs> you know what I used to do? I used to keep my chicken. Uh, I I had well I don't know if I should admit this but I guess the statute of limitations is up but I I had a a grocery cart that I turned upside down and that's where I kept my chicken in the garage that you went you spared no expense <laughs> on the piggly wiggly's dime for your chicken's coop wow True. that's I mean classy classy an upturned shopping cart that'll that'll do just, it well just a kid jake cutler's losing chickens faster than he did fumbles in his nfl career all right well uh i just wanted to get your your reaction to the great chicken caper of 2020 I mean, find someone to yell at. I mean, Hugh, Huey and I, we our relationship was punctuated and terminated that day, <laughs> along with my chicken. Yeah, you refer to him forever as Big Dumb Huey. That's right. Not Huey! Huey! Huey, your dog is eating my chicken! Well, your chicken is out for a walk like a lunatic! <laughs> it's a dog! It's what do you want him a, to do? Tip his cap cute. and say, chicken, how are you? It's just a cute little chicken. It's food. What, is what, what it is. Bothering, what bothering his soul? <laughs> the big show will be live at the warehouse Thursday, 2 to 6, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Kind of like a, a man taking a chicken for a walk. Coming up next, Craig Bullerjack in for the rest of the show with Gordon, Matt Harpering at 4, Riley Jensen at 5, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.